Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Eric Bischoff here. And have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co-host, John Alba. Every Tuesday, as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business, and this is some straight-up business talk here, no fanboy nonsense, we discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and of course, the highly debated ratings. So if you want an unfiltered, brutally honest, anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry... Well, Strictly Business is the series for you. And hey, if Elon Musk likes my tweets, and he did, you're going to love Strictly Business. Sign up now and listen at adfreeshows.com. Do you love wrestling podcasts but hate all the ads? Well, you can get all the great podcasts early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. It only starts at nine bucks a month, but you get exclusive series at adfreeshows.com like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and tons more, and a chance to interact with your favorite podcast hosts every month. See for yourself why thousands of other wrestling fans say adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Adfreeshows.com. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course we couldn't do it without the hall of famer, your friend and mine, double J Jeff Jarrett, Jeff, how are you, man? Oh, Conrad Thompson. How we doing pal up early today? I think this is the earliest we've ever started. I've got my workout in, got a good little, uh, nutritious breakfast in it's a countdown. We're five days away. You know what we're five days away from 
Cody angle, becoming an Olympic gold medalist again. <laughs> we got four days of training, pal. So we're pumped around here. Uh, you know, there's another big thing happening on Friday as well. You know, the rumor in innuendo is that and I can't believe this is a real sentence. Am I about to have an action figure, Jeff? God, See pal, you've taken me to places that I never thought I'd go most of the time emotionally. And most of the time you make me cry like a bitch, but see where I'm taking you or help guiding you. No, you took you, me there. I have an action figure. I can't believe this is a real thing that Jeff has too, because that's what big stars get. Uh, but, but you can actually pre-order these, uh, or I guess not pre-order. They're going to be delivered from what we understand. Like, yes, sir. this is not they one of those, this is Go not on. one of those, like, uh, give us your money. And then in six months, maybe it'll be here. Uh, they're going to be, uh, here in America on Friday at majorpodmerch.com. That's right. A Jeff Jarrett figure with the don't piss me off t-shirt, the old school Venetian blinds look, and unbelievably a Conrad Thompson action figure. That just feels like a mistake, but pick it up majorpodmerch.com. That's M A J O R P O D M E R C H.com. It goes on sale Friday. And boy, the, uh, the figure bros, they tell me this is going to sell out pretty fast. Well, they're smart fellers in this line of work and I'm not in that line of work, but I just kind of, I just got to ask you, okay. you know, I've been into your hometown many a time. Yeah. You've bought maybe a meal or two for me. I, I've, I've, I've been there for some of that. Yeah. You have, uh, whether it's Rosie's and good little, um, Mr. Silva, uh, grub, or we head on over to some double J's finest, uh, little Southern cooking at either establishment. Will I see an action figure when I go, <laughs> are you going to take them an action figure? Are you like, is, is mama Deborah? Like, I, I want to know just your, your, your inner circle, your day-to-day -day life, the mortgage. Are we going to see that action figure around? Cause if you give me the answer, no, I'm going to buy some myself and I'm going to make sure they get to Rosie's. I'm going to make sure. No, I'm not doing that. Oh yes. Now I, I got mom one. I got Megan one. I got Kansas and Morgan one. So I got four coming. <laughs> and, uh, if I had to guess, I would, I would bet that Silva's going to bogart a few and I don't know. We'll have fun with it, but guys, you got to go check this out. Majorpodmerch.com, And, uh, yeah, a, my world action figure set who would have ever thought this would be a thing, but there it is. Uh, and of course, uh, behind the scenes, I hear there's some moving and shaking in the video game world. What's the latest on WrestleQuest, Jeff? Buddy, WrestleQuest, hey, we won a couple of awards, and I know last week you gave me a hard time, but uh, it's WrestleQuest.com. That'll give you all the information. Uh, Moonsault Digital, Moonsault as the move, and DGTL at Moonsault Digital. Uh, that's our socials. It's a brand new, uh, brand new accounts. So there, we're, we're just going to start aggregating content and putting out all kind of new stuff, but that's coming. That's on on the horizon. Uh, and you know, Conrad, that's, it's a Japanese role-playing game, but you're in that as well as, as we both know. And, uh, there's some pretty cool, um, I guess the storylines that, you know, over the last four, how long have you been doing podcast now? Six years. Uh, 2015 is when I started with Rick and 2016 with Bruce. So if we count Rick seven years, seven years. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, in, in the, in the role-playing game, uh, it's really cool. And they got a Luchaville and Lucha, all this kind of different. They've got their version of 
hardcore wrestling and, and different things, but there is a podcast command center that helps, I guess the, the player sort of the narrative of the game. So how about that action figures, video games, um, next thing, you know, Conrad, you're going to be walking out down in Mexico city and the whole arena will throw the four up cuatro caballeras, cuatro caballeras. You'll be like the JJ Dillon. If you could Conrad, don't shake your head at me. <laughs> you what, what? Literally, you're just like, come on, pal, just have a little fun on a Monday morning. Hey, you know what? Conrad. Before we get going, I do want to remind everybody because Jeff, we don't talk about this often enough, but we should. If you cruise over to adfreecares.com, you'll see not only a lot of great shirts, including the silly ass Quattro Caballero. I don't even know what we're saying, but all of those shirts are available at adfreecares.com. Now here's the reason we're sending you there. That's the only way you can get merch for our show. We're selling all of our shirts. And I mean, all of them at 1799. I think it's the cheapest that pro wrestling sells. So go to adfreecares.com. You'll not only see Jeff's show, but Bruce's show and Eric's show and JR show, and you'll get, you get the idea. Here's what we're doing guys. We're keeping $0. No money goes to Jeff's house. No money goes to my house. It all goes directly to St. Jude's. So not only can you spread the word about one of your favorite podcasts and help support the show and get the word out about our show. And we greatly appreciate that. We can also help some kids who really, really need our help. And, uh, I'm just fired up about it, man. I think it's an awesome idea. And I, I'm really glad that everybody sort of bought in and I hope you guys will support it. Just go take a look as JR says, it costs nothing to look adfreecares.com. And again, 100% of the proceeds go directly to St. Jude's. That's a pretty awesome charity, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Hats off to you. The whole mindset, uh, got a couple of comments, uh, on that Saturday night. Um, well, speaking of Saturday night, let me give you a little context there, Conrad. Did you ever think in 2022 that you would hear on a wrestling, as you like to call it, a wrestling show in Tennessee, that there'd be a Jarrett, a Gilbert, two Dundees, uh, man, who <laughs> it's crazy up in Portland, Tennessee, the strawberry jam. It's literally half an hour from my house, right up the hill. Uh, strawberries. It's, it's a, it's a community event. It's really for a great cause. We raised a lot of money uh, for the quarterback club up there, but, uh, PG 13 threw on the tights again, Conrad. It was, um, it was bell to bell wall to wall, uh, not only in the ring, but, uh, at the merchandise table and in the dressing room. So JC ice was in rare form. Wolfie D was in rare head shaking form. Got to see Bill Dundee, uh, George Goulas. His father was the promoter here in this area before my father was. So, um, pretty good, pretty good, uh, reminiscing and, uh, Conrad person after person came through the line and they gave me the four it, it's you are now, if, if it was an election, it's landslide. It's like, it's an embarrassing Conrad. It, it's almost as if. There's no, I don't want to get political here, but if you had a Conrad party and a double J party, you have like zero supporters. They've all jumped ship flair. And, and I, you know what? Arn may be holding out, but I I'm because we heard flair on this show specifically say, no, no, hey, no, 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 no. I, oh, yeah, yes, he did. No, no, no. I, I posted a screen grab where I texted Rick and he goes, who? I mean, I'm oh, just saying like, go. that's no setup. Let's get granular today, pal. You, you are so full of 
just so you know, this coming Wednesday, Tony Schiavone and I watched Slamboree 1997 on that show from Charlotte, North Carolina in the main event, Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Kevin green, who was the hometown boy for the Carolina Panthers took on the NWO, but it was Ric Flair's first match back after a big rotator cuff surgery. So he'd been on the shelf for like eight months. So it was horseman night and somewhere in the middle of the card, Jeff Jarrett challenged Dean Malenko for the U S title. And of course you got your ass tapped out to the Texas Cloverleaf. No surprise there, but more importantly, Meltzer even said, I know Jeff Jarrett's supposed to be a horseman, but they booed his ass out of the building. Buddy, if you get booed in Charlotte on Ric Flair's return night, when he's in the main event, you ain't no horseman. I'm sorry. Those are facts. You are so silly. I mean, those are facts. It's called heat. One day. You'll sit under the learning tree of double J and understand the terminology of a heel and heat. And so the rest of the horsemen in Charlotte are baby faces, but you're the hated horseman. Okay. You said it. Let's move on folks. He, Conrad Thompson. There's a soundbite. It's a clip. Marcus, if you're listening, Con, he, Conrad just said, you are the hated horse. I was at, I'll that was a question mark at the end of no, that. No, no, Wait, no, 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 no. Let's move on. Let's get granular. Pal. Okay. We well, got a fun topic today. 15 year anniversary. I'm pretty excited about today's topic. I really enjoyed last week's show. You know, we got knee deep into the Fox sports network show. Uh, and by the way, Jeff, I don't know that me and you talk about this, but I get blown up uh, on text by people who were in the business who text me every single week and say, Jeff is your best podcast. Uh, because we talk about so much of the behind the scenes, real business stuff, but you also get to wear a few different hats. You can talk as a wrestler, you can talk as a promoter, and, uh, it, it, it's been a fun ride. And today we're going to be talking about something that happened a few years after that sacrifice. Oh, seven, as we revisit all things TNA, and we've talked at length about some issues from a production standpoint at lockdown. And it's written in the observer that internally, some of the blame is placed at the feet of Don Harris, no longer being with the company. How important was Don to TNA behind the scenes? He was a, a, a a conduit. It was still, no matter how you slice it and dice it, you know, the, the, we'll call it the asylum years and then going to Orlando and just the growing pains of at times working on a shoestring budget, but Donnie. Um, you know, yes, him and his brother, people know him as Ronnie Don Harris, Eli and Jacob blue, uh, in ring performers, but both of them have production background, Mark Miller, lead singer, Sawyer Brown. Um, so they've been on the road in the music industry. So they have a knowledge of wrestling and production. And, uh, so many times through this era, uh, Donnie was invaluable because he could communicate with our vendors. No, that ain't going to work. That may work in music or this kind of stage show, but this is a wrestling specific kind of need. And so Donnie knew how to communicate that. And, you know, when I think back on it and here we are 2022, how kind of the evolution of that whole team. And obviously we got bits and pieces from WCW and, and all that. But anyway, Donnie in the early days was very important to the formation of, I'll call it the wrestling specific production needs. Also going on with some independent news taking place in Memphis, Tennessee, or at least scheduled, uh, it's reported that Hulk Hogan and Jerry Lawler are scheduled to uh, hook it up on April 27th in Memphis. The plan is to film footage of Hogan wrestling for VH one, but since Hogan and McMahon aren't on the greatest of terms, 
Vince is refusing to let Lawler wrestle because of his WWE contract. Supposedly Hogan even rents out the FedEx arena with the help of Corey Macklin and then attempts to bring in the big show. Uh, did you know, remember whatever was your father a part of this? Because it just feels like, you know, if there's wrestling going down in Memphis and Lawler's around, maybe there's a Jarrett around somewhere. What was fascinating to me? No, my father was not attached to this at all. Um, what I just remember hearing all that and, and to give, uh, and I know, I don't know if you mentioned this just then, but to give it full context, this is Hogan knows best. I don't know. Was this peak era? I thought Hogan knows best was probably, uh, Oh five. The, the VH one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, th- that's why he was doing this. Correct. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it was I on, it, it had a four season deal. It went from uh, July of 05 to October of 07. Okay. So uh, for some reason, I, that's what I look, I wasn't involved with this. I heard, you know, I heard about it, but I thought it was kind of peculiar in a way that Hulk's going to pick Memphis and, and I get it being Lawler, but if, when that fell through and they still had the event, anyhow, uh, I was not involved with it at all. Um, but yeah, uh, what I, if I think I do remember during this area is just that Hogan knows best and the ratings they were getting again, I'm going to go back to pre-social media days. And so this was a really unique opportunity when, you know, one of the biggest box office attractions of all time, you got to see his wife, you got to see his two kids, you got to peel a layer of the onion back and kind of see his day-to-day lives. And obviously it's a reality. So they amp things up, but it was, I don't think, you know, people who aren't familiar with that, it had a really good run of ratings. And so that's, that's what I remember being attached to this, uh, event. The Basham brothers, Doug and Danny debut with TNA on a house show in Louisville. Once their non-compete clause expires, our old pal, Jim Cornette has long talked about how the WWE really screwed up the, the Bashams. Did you see something in them to bring them in here? What do you remember about the Bashams? They're good, 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 really good talent. Um, but I, you know, um, so to get, let me give a little set point of this era. Uh, I think it's obviously very important kind of where my head was at. Uh, I'm going to do my damnedest. Even when I did research, I did a little bit more research, but from April 1st, to May 1st of 2007, uh, my first wife, Jill, was in the, I was in the IC unit. So uh, during this time frame, and she passed away May 23rd. So you can imagine from about January, february on, um, my head was in 15 different directions. But, you know, that, that doesn't uh, – your question was the Bastion Brothers. I just sort of would give that set point for the whole episode. Uh, but, they're, you know, Doug, uh, Kentucky boy – uh, maybe Southern Indiana, oh, Kentucky. Uh, good. They're good talent. Very good talent. It's also reported in the torch that hot topic will now be carrying TNA merchandise. I mentioned this because gosh, not that long ago, it was a huge deal when the bullet club and the young bucks had stuff in hot topic, but here it is 2007 TNA's doing it too. That was a pretty big deal for TNA to have shelf space and a big retail outlet like that. When right? I read that in the research hats off, shout out to Derek. No, I love that little nugget, but, but again, it was, if the tree falls in the forest and there's not many folks around, how many people really know about it internally, we, it was, I don't know. I can't say it was a huge deal, but it was a it was an actual licensee deal 
of, I don't have to go down the alley of, of what hot topic and it was young. It was youthful. Uh, it was attractive to the, I'll call it the portfolio of video game action figures. Now we've got a licensing programming and you know, there's a licensing program. And I like, I'll just say merchandise merchandise is at events, point of sale, all that. But when you get into a licensing product and, and open the door of hot topic, it was a really big deal internally for us. Now, Again, a two-hour, or at this time, only a one-hour on Thursday nights, uh, you know, predominantly in the Southeast and, and Midwest was where our best ratings were. It, you know, were we going to move the needle in big ways? Probably not, but it was certainly going to be revenue-generated, and it was a um, Dallas. I, I remember Dallas being very happy with that. We were happy with that. We were creating a licensing program that just doesn't happen overnight. It just doesn't. It's reported in the observer that spike wasn't a fan of TNA promoting that it was in hot topic, but, uh, it came around, they came around on it, even though hot topic wasn't paying for any advertising on the station. I imagine this is, you know, a bit of a situation because you're essentially plugging uh, a retail outlet. Hey, go find us there. Well, that that's driving your audience to go there, but they didn't exactly buy an advertising schedule. I could see how spike would be a little like, Hey, wait a minute. Now you're putting this on our show, right? Growing pains. Yeah. Boy, Conrad, when I tell you growing pains that again, they had the, the, you know, the WWE, um, relationship that started good, but went South kind of quick as far as communication. Um, uh, so they were handling us with kid gloves and working through it and went from Saturday night to Thursday night, you know, the whole track of it. But, um, I can't say they were not a fan of it, but they certainly were very smart and strategic. Like, Hey, if you guys are going to mention that let's, let's work together. Let's, let's get them to do an ad buy. And uh, on the hot topic side, they're like, if we see numbers come in, and growth and revenue that warns an ad buy, we're going to be the first in line. Don't you worry about it again, just such growing pains. Cause our only true Avenue to spread the word on hot topic was on spike. We didn't have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook to do a big megaphone and yell from the top of the mountain. So, um, fun to kind of reminisce on the old hot topic days when we got the news. So good stuff. Well, we've got the news right now, and I think everybody listening to this knows this, that science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering your core body temperature. You see, temperature-controlled sleep repairs your muscles after a hard day's work. It improves your cognitive function, so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. And I've always known this, which is why Jeff and I, and I've never been to Jeff's bedroom, but let me give you a spoiler. He's got a ceiling fan in the ceiling. Why does he do that? Because we know we sleep better when it's cool. I used to have a whole theory, man. Well, I'll hang my right foot out from underneath the comforter and I'll keep flipping my pillow to the cool side and I'll sleep better. I'd even crank down the AC in my house, but I didn't need to cool off my dining room or my kitchen. I needed my bed to be cool. Well, now thanks to chili sleep, man, I'm sleeping better than ever. Prior to chili sleep, I was sleeping six, maybe sometimes seven hours. Now I'm sleeping eight, nine, sometimes 10 hours, but most importantly, I'm getting great quality sleep. And here's how I know. I have bright, vivid, colorful dreams that I remember clear as day the next day. Uh, prior to chilly sleep, I don't think I dreamed at all. I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm just letting you know, this is the great REM sleep that we're all looking for. 
Chili Sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well being. I've got the Uller, so does Jeff. They're hydro powered temperature controlled mattress toppers. It's going to fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. No, this is not a dog on water bed. What it is, is a gimmick that you put over your mattress and then it control it's hooked up to a little unit. You sit near your bed. You can control it with your phone. That's right. You can adjust your temperature. Megan likes to sleep a little warmer. So her side's warmer. My side's cooler. Either way. It's the perfect temperature for each of us to get deep sleep. Whether you sleep hot or cold. Chili sleep is designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili sleep can make that happen. So head on over to chilisleep.com forward slash my world to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new cube or Uller sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for my world with Jeff Jarrett listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili C H I L I sleep.com slash my world to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up feeling refreshed every day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring twenties with new chapters added every week. The excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. So with that in mind, Jeff, let's talk about, uh, what's going on with the actual on-screen product. You're going to come out and address the impact zone for the first time in a long time. Uh, and, uh, Don West mentions that you've got some stuff going on. Let's play the clip here. It's going to go about four minutes, uh, buckle up. We'll track it. And then we'll talk about it on the other side. Well, let me tell you something about Jeff here. You don't know been dealing with very personal issues. I'm talking about a serious family illness. The kind of thing that makes a man look inside himself and ask what it's all about. So you might question Jeff Garrett the wrestler, but never question Jeff Garrett the man. Jeff, after a six-month absence, you returned to Impact last week with the guitar shot that was heard around the world. That guitar shot, it shocked everyone. It shocked me. It shocked the TNA wrestlers, and it shocked the TNA fans. But then this past Sunday, at our lockdown pay-per-view in the lethal lockdown match, you proved to everyone that it's a different Jeff Jarrett when you handed the world's title shot to Sting on a silver platter. Why, Jeff? What happened in those six months to cause your actions to change so drastically? During the last six months, when I decided that, uh, and I had a lot of time to reflect on my career, when I decided to come back, I knew one thing was going to happen. I was going to change, and I was going to realize that it isn't all about the king of the mountain. It, not everything revolves around Jeff Jarrett. It was time for me to give back. 
And I look back over my 20-year career, and maybe more specifically, I look back over my five-year TNA career. But probably most specifically, I've looked back over the last 17 days. And I've realized just what I said, that it's time for me to give back. You know, Sting, ever since he came out of retirement and stepped foot into TNA, and all he's done since he's come back is give, give, give. Well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Last Thursday night on Impact was step one. This past Sunday at Locktown was step two. And step three, Mike, is going to surprise a lot of people. But I've got something that I've got to make right, and I guarantee you, you're going to be shocked by it. Step three? I mean, can you elaborate at all on that? What do you mean by step three? Well, here comes the Olympics old family, Kurt Angle. And I think that you're locked out. What should have been an incredibly joyous occasion. You think about it, Duncan. The phenomenal AJ Styles up the top of the cage. And he should have been celebrating as Team Angle won against Team Cage. Let me get this straight. Did you say you came back here to make things right? Is that what I thought you, I heard you say? Is that what you said? It's exactly what I said. This is how you make things right. All right, I, I called you up and I invited you back to the game, okay? It was me who was ridiculed by the fans, not only the fans, but my teammates, because I had you come on my team and nobody there trusted you. Nobody. It was me whose integrity was questioned. And it was me who had nothing to gain and everything to lose by having your on my team. And this is the thanks I get? I'll tell you what. You hand over Sting on a silver platter. You hand him a title shot at Lethal Lockdown. The same Sting that doubted you more than anyone. The guy that hates you. I'll tell you what, Jeff. Why don't you make things right with me, huh? Make things right with me. Kurt Angle... With all due respect, I don't feel I have to make things right with you at all because I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I was going to join your team and help Team Angle win the lethal lockdown. And that's exactly what I did. As far as Sting goes, you should know better than anybody in the dressing room that this business is all about timing. Sting was in the right place at the right time. Well, it looks like you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. So there you go. Your first time in front of a microphone explaining what's going on. You got a little emotional at the start of that. You could tell that, you know, Don West was sort of setting the stage for that. Um, listen to that back. Maybe for the first time in 15 years, what'd you think? Um, you're not going to get me today, Conrad. You're just not going to do it, pal. Um, you know, but just kind of going back in that time, let me think how to say this. Going back in that time, um, he was so challenging on what the right personal and professional decision. It was it just it, at that time things because it, it just was difficult to 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 really, and we had set the 
kind of wheels in motion and creatively and, and, and the family decisions and everybody supported all that, but just still, where are we going with that? I, let me just say this because the future was just so uncertain that I, I guess that's the best way to say it. I just wasn't real sure what the future was going, but the storyline and, you know, when I did my research and read the research on all this, you know, the Kurt angle during this era, I thought was so good and intense little bit of comedy here and there, but for the most part, really dialed in and focused. And we always had really good chem- uh, chemistry and in-ring promos. But, um, you know, the simple thing is it was a super challenging time because of the uncertainty and um, the pressures of the day-to-day business and a one-hour show. And, you know, we, we had not set our groove, but, you know, Everybody wanted to grow much quicker than we were. So I had a lot of pressure at home, a lot of pressure um, uh, outside the ring, but in a business sense. And then, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but stepping in the ring, that just added even more pressure. But, um, yeah, it was a, a unique time in, in my life, to say the least. So it ends with Kurt and Sting making a match for the number one contendership. And that was a match that a lot of fans you know, speculated there was rumor and innuendo might've happened at WrestleMania 18. I mean, a big time opportunity sting versus Kurt, but it's not a pay-per-view for WWE. It's not a pay-per-view for TNA. And now it's been given away on free TV with a one week build. And as a result, you take quite a bit of criticism in the torch and the observer in hindsight, would you have put the first sting Kurt match like this? On free TV, I mean, obviously you're servicing your television contract. It's not the old eighties business. I get that we're evolving. Just talk me through this. The knee jerk gut reaction of my mind in 2022 is like, what the hell were we thinking? Like that, that is at the time, our two biggest stars period sting and Kurt. And I don't say nobody was a close second, but in reality, they were head and shoulders above everybody else. And we're going to give it away. That's one hand. On the other hand, I can damn sure see us sitting in a creative room, knowing we're April or May, uh, our contracts coming up in our October. We, we need to put our best foot forward every Thursday night without question, no strings attached. We need to get the best number we can possibly get. Um, that's kind of one thought. The other thought is, okay, we know we're going to, um, you know, the May pay-per-view, uh, the, the main event of sacrifice that we're going to get to, how do we arrive there? How, how, who gets the shot? Cause it was, you know, the, the whole deciding factor was does Sting get the title shot on Christian or does Kurt? So episodic storytelling many, many times WWE's done it. AEW done it. It's, it's happened since the beginning of time. You kind of sacrifice certain things knowing let's promote it. It's going to be a non-finish it's it's they're getting it for free. So you, you know, the, the resolution of, Hey, they paid to see a non-finish. No, that doesn't come into play. So, um, I, I know exactly why we did it. And I've already said it to get numbers and to get us to the main event in May. So let's talk about, uh, Christian and abyss. They're going to get their first shot at team 3d's newly won tag team titles, but team 3d gets the win. Uh, afterwards, abyss gives Mitchell the uh, black hole slam and the heels attack him. 
And it's reported in the torch that abyss is going to be turning baby face and taking off TV for a few weeks. Is this something that was just time? You know, yep. I mean, we often joke about when they turned big show a hundred times or whatever it may be, maybe more, he might've turned again since we've been on the show, but <laughs> a, a, abyss though had, had pretty much been on one track. This feels like maybe just the evolution of his character for sure. And again, Man, when we get into these episodes before we went to two hours, you can just feel the amount. So you got to do a three-hour pay-per-view. Let's say seven or eight, nine matches. Sometimes we'd have 10 in a three-hour show, but let's say seven or eight. So that means you we attempt to have seven or eight stories. Attempting to have seven or eight stories in a one-hour program, and and that's it, That that's not good business. But do we have cold matches? So, man, it is a... Damned if you do, damned if you don't, catch 22, any kind of old phrasing you want to come up with, rocking a hard place. Um, but for uh, the Abyss character who had done a lot to this point uh, as a heel, it w- needed some refreshing. And this is, you know, the the kind of the standard route. Let's give him a rest. Uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, give him a, a rest, but uh, let's put some heat on some heels while we're doing it. And that was the plan. Abyss makes sure to, uh, blade his arms for the barbed wire shots. He's going to take here. It's something we haven't really talked about before, but you know, by and large, most of the wrestling fans who are familiar with the term blading and the practice of, uh, as you've said before, you know, not, not trying to be funny that it really is on some level self mutilation. Uh, but it was a, a, a standard practice in wrestling for a long time, but most folks are familiar with well, that happens on the forehead. And then you would see other matches that maybe were barbed wire here or there, and we don't have to name any names and guys would do it on their arms, but this is not what we would call common. What, what do you think about blading the arm? I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Jeff Jarrett do it. And I don't know that it's something you would have sat down and been comfortable asking another performer to do. So does this something that the real life abyss just felt like it needed? Talk me through the practice of blading your own arm. The short answer is yes. Uh, we often joke about our bud, Chris Park, unbelievable in-ring talent. Now he's getting to share his unbelievable mindset and work ethic. Uh, and it, But he'll tell you, I would always shake my head. And the, the reason being is we're scripted entertainment. And we are very, very much a visual business. It is the face, sell emotion. I've said it over and over and over. That's the, the, the whole conduit of our industry is resonating emotionally with the characters uh, via storylines. But the arm, the shoulder, I don't believe I've ever seen What's the nice way of saying this, Conrad? I don't think I've ever seen a visual that you go, oh, wow. Uh, not that you would do I'm just trying to think. It, it's, it never produces a lot of blood. No. So if it doesn't really produce a lot of blood. Why are we doing it? Why? We, yeah. It, help me out, of it, Connie. But no, what, what, what is the ROI of this? Pain, for sure. It hurts. I also think it has, uh, I think, the, 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 the face has miraculous healing powers. It just does. It's the, 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 the forehead skin heals very quick. Um, 
your shoulders and arms. I always see guys that did that. It took a while to heal up and never really produced a ROI. <laughs> That's the most simplistic way. Not a very good uh, response or a- answer, Connie, but uh, that's it. So uh, let's talk about something that's uh, written here as we recap some pretty fun backstage stuff with Kevin Nash. It feels like everything he did for you guys was just awesome. I don't know why, but he was just awesome. Oh, I love this X Division, Kevin Nash. And I'm sure there's some haters out there saying, is the worst crap you ever did. We were attempting to give. A lot of guys that were new to TV, a personality shot in the arm via Kevin's true locker room comedic timing. Quote, Alex Shelley said he can't believe how the black machismo thing is taking off. He told Kevin Nash backstage that he wants to know why he's not teaming with the black kid next week. Nash said, easy. Imus." by the way. Mr. Imus, a big radio personality, was in a whole heap of trouble uh, for saying something like nappy head in regards to some ladies' basketball team. It was just awful. Oh. Uh, I mean, a hot topic. And now this is a little bit of inside baseball for those who've been keeping up with pop culture. Uh, Shelley complained that he's teaming with Kaz Hayashi, according to uh, the board. Nash said he worked it out. So it's Shelley versus Machismo versus Sanjay Dutt. Machismo steps up and mumbles like Randy Savage. Nash called Sanjay in and he was dressed as Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Machismo said, you can step over the top rope now. And Dutt threw his outfit at Nash and said he's sick of him. Quote, admit it. You got nothing for me. All these months, all this nonsense, Kevin, stick it. This is uh, really entertaining stuff, but I am wondering from a traditional wrestling sense, did anybody get over it? I mean, I know it was entertaining TV, but did anybody get over as a result of all this? It, 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 the very core of it, you, you kind of have to look at, uh, the motor city machine guns evolved and their in ring work absolutely, uh, carried the ball, so to speak. But I, as a, as a, as a producer and, 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 and seeing what we produced with him and put on, I got to know Alex Shelley and his quirks. Um, I I could name a few others. The biggest one of all is had we not seen Jay lethal be able to do that impersonation and, and being able to say, look, we we want the X division guys because their in ring work is absolutely not pardon the pun phenomenal, but we need to create personalities and Kevin, you know, arguably the greatest box office angle of all time, the NWO or right up there, certainly a top five, uh, and Kevin synonymous with that angle. So a huge name brand, and he's in the middle of all, all that. And that was the whole design. How do we give these guys personalities and characters? So your question was who got over, look, the term getting over is so relative. It's so subjective, but I think this helped with Sanjay and Sanjay did the marriage thing with Val and just all the stuff we did was an attempt to create character development with all those guys. And so getting over against subjective term, but I think it helped a whole list of guys, Alex Shelley, Austin star, Austin Aries, someone in the same, um, Sanjay, Jay lethal. I mean, we could go down the list. So yeah, I, I think it helped getting over. I'll leave that up to the listener. 
Hogan and Paul white takes place in Memphis and it draws 4,000 fans with Hogan winning. Once upon a time, this would have felt like a, a huge opportunity. Were you surprised it only drew 4,000 fans or is it more an issue of, Hey man, they drew 4,000 without TV. Pretty good. Bingo. Yeah. I remember going, they drew what? Yeah. You know, no TV, none. I mean, and you know, power pro, I don't know how long it had been off the air or anything in Memphis, but they drew that off Hogan's name. Um, I do remember saying, wow, that's a pretty good number for no TV and they got him out to the building uh, from the torch quote talks continue with TNA and spike TV about expanding to two hours. Odds are well above 50% that spike will give TNA a second hour in the fall. Although the current contract expires this September spike has the right to match any offers from other cable stations, but they don't plan to let TNA get away. They're happy with the ratings and believe it can grow. Now you've stressed how important it was to get to two hours. Why do you think it took so long to get the deal done? Well, um, again, and this has been, a. um, I did a interview last week. Uh, they were talking Mexico and wrestle quest, and then they kind of ended the, uh, interview Conrad with, you know, what have you, what are some of the things you didn't expect, uh, from doing the podcast? And one of those things is really taking a good, pardon the word, a granular look at things and pre-social media. So the only way that the network could get any data was every Thursday night in the ratings. And so that the data points kept coming in. Our ratings were good and growing all that, but our contract was in October. They had no incentive because if you go from a one hour show to Saturday night, Thursday night, off prime to in prime, it's still a one hour show. You're still selling 16 minutes commercial. That's the investment that spikes putting in. When you double that, now we're talking real dollars and cents going both ways. Not only they're going to pay us a licensing fee, but they also have double the amount of, uh, ad time to, 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 to go out and market and, and send. So again, it's a business decision that they had to get their ducks in a row. Again, they, they had no way to quantify, you know, we didn't have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or any of those data points. It was strictly no YouTube. It was, what are they watching on Thursday nights? And what can we sell it at? It's a business decision. Although we wanted to go fast, just as fast as the fans did spike. We got early indicators that we were moving in that two hour direction, but they had no incentive to tell us, yes, you're going to two hours. And yes, this is what the price is. Let's get in negotiation. And if you guys can go elsewhere, you go elsewhere, but they wanted to keep us. So it turned out all right. It did turn out all right. And, uh, well, it can be a little more than all right. These days with blue chew, it's time to dig yourself out of that winter hibernation. Son spring is here and let's get sprung with blue chew. This episode and Jeff's big old donkey dick are sponsored by blue chew guys. Confidence can take you far in life. It can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where blue chew comes in. You see blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost, you can take these dudes anytime day or night, daddy. So you can plan ahead or be ready for a run in. If you will. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. 
blue chews tablets are made right here in the USA. You know, the good old red, white, and blue chew is prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package, but there won't be anything discreet about your package or her smile. Mrs. Jarrett is grinning ear to ear these days and your wife can be too. So if you could benefit from extra confidence, when it's time to perform blue chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try blue chew free. When you use our promo code, my world to check out, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is my world to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank blue chew for sponsoring this podcast and Mrs. Jarrett's grin. Uh, so let's jump back into it here. Uh, the best. What was you it? You have a lot of talents. I mean, a lot of talents, sweetheart of a guy, but you're the best. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I love you for that. Uh, the torch has this to say, Alex Shelley was actually scolded by Dutch Mantel a while back for doing the quote European chain wrestling crap. in one of his matches, he was instructed to stick to the high spots that the X division is known for. And Austin Aries was allegedly suspended by TNA for putting up a fuss about taking part in the filming of a vignette, which was a Bob Backlund skit that aired on impact with, uh, Alex Shelley. And it was supposed to be scheduled on an off day. He probably wouldn't have been suspended if he hadn't earned a rep for having an increasingly bad attitude in general in recent months. So a lot to unpack here, but I do want to talk about these disciplinary situations. Do you remember Dutch being upset with Shelley for the quote European chain wrestling crap? I don't remember this specific incident, but I can vividly see a situation arise, something like, all right, we gave these guys four and a half, five minutes to go do their stuff. That's all we have in a 42 minute show. And you're going to have three to four to five minutes. And you're going to spend half of that. This isn't a house show. This ain't a live event. This is a televised, televised premium. We love your uh, European Matt wrestling. I personally love a good X division match that literally starts with quite a bit of chain wrestling, but that's when you're non-televised and you're on pay-per-view and you have 20 to 25 minutes. I think uh, the theory of relativity, it makes your high flying that much better because I like a good transition from mat wrestling to some Japanese, I'll call it, you know, strong style, just a little bit, and then get into your high flying stuff and then get into your finishes and, and just meld it all into one. But I can see Dutch kind of taking his format that he would always have rolled up, taking it out of his back pocket, hitting his leg, hitting anybody coming close and saying, what the hell is Shelly doing? We give him five minutes. He's going to spend two and a half of it doing that crap. Take it out of context, but it sure did make who wrote that Wade or Dave or I don't know. It, 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 it's irrelevant. It makes for a good article in, in the sheets because it, oh my gosh, Dutch and Alex Shelley had a blow up. It was never a blow up, but it was Dutch trying to help Alex go get over pal. You only got five minutes. Did you make the decision to, uh, suspend Aries? It's a 90 day suspension. Wade even makes note to talk about the past issues, but what he doesn't say is that it was because he decided to work an ROH show instead of flying out early for a pay-per-view and the threat of a storm. Did you feel that was a, a double standard for the lower card talent? Well, you got a couple of questions in there. You know, Conrad, I think I told you over the weekend that I found some 
minute notes and some creative stuff, just old notes on the old laptop, Conrad. And I dug in and it said sacrifice. Uh, and then there was a, anyway, there was a word doc attached, man, you talk about a real microcosm of the growing page. The answer to your question is, did I make the decision to find? No, the, the, the recommendation was given by Terry Taylor and the execution or the final authority was Dixie, but there was so much, uh, collateral evidence, <laughs> if you will. And uh, again, I'm going to go back to, we got 42 minutes of TV time. We're trying to get as many guys on trying to tell as many stories. Uh, again, our guys are only getting one or two days a week. If that, you know, the pay-per-view. So we're only really giving them five paydays a month, but we also got a spike deal. So other organizations that the guys were working for, they didn't have spike deals. So we wanted to be a priority. It was just super challenging, but I, I, I didn't. And if I remember correctly during this time, Conrad on pay-per-view weekends, which would have been every other taping. Uh, so we had a one hour show. So we do the pay-per-view on a Sunday. We would tape not on Monday. We tape on Tuesday and do two one hour episodes. Um, and so that Monday was going to be utilized to do all the pre-tapes that were supposed to be done on Tuesday. Again, trying to keep the pre-tape crew. It's a budget deal. How do we got, uh, cause when you get into overtime, so you can do this math, Conrad, we're much better off, much better off doing eight, uh, two, eight hour days, as opposed to one 16 hour day, just mathematically. And it's easier on the talent they're in town. So, uh, Aries, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, either not wanting to do it or didn't do it or showed up late, but it was a, it, it wasn't an isolated incident. And, and I know that look to his defense, we asked everybody to fly in on Saturday nights for our Sunday pay-per-views. He had a booking. I think you just read on a, on a Saturday night. So he said, Nope, I'm taking my Sunday morning flight, which again, he's got to pay his car note and his house note. So I understand that it's all in priorities. It's all trying to juggle, um, it's not an easy situation on either side, but, uh, yep. He, uh, he was one of the guys that got fined. There, there was a string of, there was a time. That's why the notes came out. Cause we had a meeting back in the office that went four and a half hours that touched on a boatload of topics, but the, the, how to get talent to play ball, but also knowing that we have to bend with the talent, but not break. If that summarizes things is easy. I mean, it wasn't easy. It, it, it was tough. Terry Taylor had a tough job, especially during this era. I want to mention when you found some of these inside baseball minute notes and, and production formats and things like that, we're going to be sharing that, uh, sort of the behind the scenes, the story behind the story, as you like to say, uh, over at adfreeshows.com. Do I have that right? Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. There's uh, there's going to be a uh, Conrad. I think there was three or four versions. And then, um, w- once we had a final final in the headline, it'd be sacrifice. It wouldn't be V one, V two, V three, four. It would be final version. Um, cause that's the one that went to print and, and the final version is the one that went to print and that were actually handed out at production meetings. That's how we would know because there was a small group of us, Vince Dutch, Jeremy banks, all of us, sometimes we would print version two, version three, but by printing that and seeing version, whatever, you know, it wasn't final. This wasn't going to the production meeting. So anyhow, 
Yeah, we're going to share some of those. Some real inside baseball, pal. That's why these family members of Adfried, we had a few there Saturday night. It's good to see them. So if you uh, have been on the fence about whether or not you want to join Adfree shows, let me recommend it. If you want to know how the sausage is made, there you go. You're going to have access to it and take a look at it. Uh, that's the, that's say how the sausage is made. Is yeah. that like a blue chew reference? Uh, no, but I, I will use that transition soon. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> the, the next week on impact, there's a lot going on. The opening match is sting taking on Kurt angle for the number one contendership. And three minutes later, the heels run out and beat up both, including bloody and Kurt up with a chair shot. Uh, I guess the idea here is this will make fans want to see a rematch, but it does lead to the main event of Christian and sting for the NWA title later on the night. You're really loading up this impact in particular. Uh, Eric young comes out. He's scared by his pyro. And one of the little things that's really entertaining, uh, and it's to reveal who his special friend is eventually rude bloodies him up now with a chair. Uh, and when he goes to finish him, well, your music plays and you come out for the baby face save. Let's take a listen. Up to his feet. I mean, he's, he's out on his, he's out here and Robert Root's got that chair. I'm giving you three seconds to tell me the friend or I'm going to scramble your brains from here to Calgary, Alberta. Come on, enough is enough, Root. Come on, Eric, tell him. It's a little disappointing to see you hit such a fine, upstanding citizen like Miss Tracy Brooks over the head with a guitar. First of all, she's a lady, you damn heathen. Secondly, she's a, a satisfied five-star review customer from SaveWithConrad.com. How dare you? How dare you? Conrad, damn it, she is a hell of a heel. <laughs> they hate it. I mean, her and Bobby were a, a good pack. Tracy's super talented. Uh, um, again, uh, a, a Maybe the first group of knockouts, oh, the ladies are going to get. Uh, I, I, but anyway, she was early, day one-ish 
uh, uh, around uh, TNA and came up, but um, her and Bobby made a, a really good package. She's a good heel. She she um, brought her a game and knew what to do. But you know her and just kind of reminiscing through all this, and I had the thought come through uh, my mind the other day when I first read the research that you know what's the best way to suspend disbelief? And at the end of the day, our business is really predicated on that suspension of disbelief. Well, get reality based. And Eric being my buddy was very much reality based. You know, me and Eric, um, we can go to the asylum days, but we were during this era, we were really tight. Obviously life goes on and we, we, I don't say go our separate ways, but just life gets busier and busier and different things and priorities and all that. But you know, Eric, uh, would, he came to the hospital, uh, many, many times we hang out. He was at every Memorial day, July 4th, labor day party. Um, uh, anyway, we, I've had a lot of fun through the years with Eric Young, maybe one of the funniest guys I've ever been around. His comedic timing is none other, but the whole storyline of Eric and Bobby and his little mannerisms when pyro would go off, um, you can't teach it. You just can't can't teach that kind of facials that Eric had. But uh, Tracy Brooks got a nice guitar shot. That was in highlight reels, gosh, for a long time. Yeah, it You're, was. You're chastising me, Conrad. Well, she's about, a nice lady. She is a nice lady, but I'm a nice man. She's a heel. No, she's a heel. <laughs> so the main event between Sting and Christian has Sting ready to win the NWA title before Angle comes out and attacks him. Christian's escaping again, uh, and it feels like you're kind of using Sting and Angle to help pull Christian up. I mean, obviously Christian is a tippy top guy, but I think at least in the eyes of the fans, Sting and Angle at this point are bona fide Hall of Famers. And Christian, I still think a lot of fans are still trying to find out, you know, where do we place him in all this? We know he had a great run with the WWF. Uh, as a tag team guy, as, as, as a intercontinental level champion, European champion, that sort of thing, but we're making him a world champion feel in this era. Is that fair to say? For sure. And his smirkiness, his charm, if you will, in a heel mannerism using his brains over brawn, because when you stand him next to sting or Kurt, the, the physical presence of sting or Kurt are obviously much larger than Christian, but his mind games, his in-ring work, his timing, craftiness, all the above. Uh, and, and we knew we were going to the three-way. So we, we have to, again, make the people believe that he, he's going to drop the title, but we don't know to who, but you just, he's still your champion. So you, you, you got to give, uh, not just him, but the title as much credibility as you can going into a situation like this. So, uh, moving on the May 3rd impact, we finally get the main event settled. Kurt and Sting are in a tag team match against AJ Styles and Christian. It's no DQ. And if someone from Kurt and Sting's team gets the win, they'll get the shot against Christian. If Christian and AJ win, neither Kurt or Sting get the title shot. And of course, Kurt and Sting get a double submission victory and Jim Cornette determines it will be a three-way title shot. Uh, at sacrifice, um, it's probably time to get this belt on Kurt. Is it not? Yeah. Um, and again, I, I don't want to gloss over. If you haven't seen the AJ styles, Christian dynamic, again, this is an AJ styles that was the phenomenal one, uh, and his athletic ability 
big time carried him from 02 to 05, 06. But as, as he started working with other guys and being produced from a character point of view, and Christian had done so much work at WWF and, and, and gone through that WWE school of training, so to speak, they had good chemistry. AJ, they liked each other off screen. They had good on-stream chemistry. So, yeah, that was our uh, impact main event. And knowing that, you know, how Kurt came in and we did the Samoa Joe angle and everything that went with it. But, uh, and we held, you know, Kurt didn't need a belt to get over or to stay over. He could get others over. But the way we were, you know, we were doing the transition from the NWA uh, branding to the TNA branding. And we wanted Kurt to be the very first TNA champion. And so just the, the stars were aligning in, in so many ways, but man, a serious, serious heel Kurt angle, probably my favorite Conrad. What'd you say? Well, what would you like? Yeah. The wrestling machine was the best version. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think he's by far the most box office. The torch had this to say rude demanded that young come to the ring. Cornette stepped out and demanded rude. Listen to him. He said, he told Jeff Jarrett to stay home because of what happened between him and Mrs. Brooks last week. He said, he won't tolerate men beating up women quote, even if it was deserved. He said he signed young to a personal services contract, but young was already under a TNA contract. He said that makes him guilty of tampering with TNA contracted talent. That means that he could take him to court or fire him. If he wanted to. Rude dared him to do it. And Cornette said he would drop the whole deal with young. And then nobody goes to court and nobody gets fired. Rude suggested Cornette get out of his face and whether he likes it or not, Rude's getting fired. So Rude is going to poke Cornette in the chest. Cornette, Cornette tells him, Hey, I'm your boss. Rude then shoves Cornette to the mat. Young charges the ring to make the save. He battered Rude to the mat, then grabbed a guitar from under the ring. Rude stopped him with a DDT in the ring. And then Brooks pulled out handcuffs. And rude handcuffed young to the corner turnbuckle and rude then said it pays to be rude, bashed him over the head with a flimsy guitar. Cornette returned to the ring and said, he's not going to fire him, but he's going to make it worse because at sacrifice. He'll have to face Jeff Jarrett. What'd you think of this segment? It was a setup for me and Bobby, uh, again, why was Bobby the right guy for you to come back with after the absence? Did you say, Hey, I want to work with Bobby rude. Or did you just recognize that creatively? Rude needs to be lifted up. I mean, just talk me through why Rude is the guy. I love Bobby personally, but, uh, and I've told this story on this podcast, Bobby was in the asylum. He did a backstage promo. Scott Demore was on my right or my left. He does the promo. Uh, he had just worked in the ring, but I had seen my first real hard look at Bobby Rude, And I went up to Demore and I said, let me get this straight. He doesn't want to go to WWE or WWE doesn't want him or what am I missing here? This guy kind of has every tool that Vince McMahon likes every tool that the WWE likes. What am I missing here? And he goes, Nope. I said, sign him right now. So it goes back to day one. My fan of Bobby's I, I, cause he's a blend of Kurt Henning, um, he, he's just got a, a, a very professional look and aura again that you, you, he's got a, he, he's got a, a 
He's got a piece of charisma that you just can't manufacture. So big fan, uh, at the top of that pro- promo Conrad, not the, the one that you aired earlier about, I'm going to give back and, uh, had, you know, been the champion, dropped it to sting time for me to come back. I said, all right, who, who, who on the roster do we want to get over? And I don't remember the spe- specific conversation, but I knew that I did the lockdown return in St. Louis. All right. The next month, May put Bobby over. That was kind of the whole mindset. Again, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff personally. So I don't recall the exact, but I, I knew that let's get Bobby over. So Christy Hemi is going to tell, uh, BG James and Kip James that they both stink. And then she said, she's going to bring something that stinks more at sacrifice or something like that. And Kip shoves his armpit in her face and she runs away. Jeff, what in the world are we watching here? What is what this? The, I don't recall this. I'd love to have a little video clip of this. This is some VKM stuff. Maybe we can hear the real story over on. Oh, you didn't know with cats and wrong dog. I don't remember this. I, I really don't. It's reported in the observer that Rob Van Dam winds up turning down the final offer from WWE and will wind up being a free agent immediately. He has to be on your radar, right? Yes. But I remember internally a lot of folks getting giddy, maybe the right word. And I knew immediately, well, my immediate thoughts were zero chance. We cannot afford him. It like there, there, it's not even a maybe. So Hey, kitties, y'all can have, um, uh, all the smiles on your face, but you need to keep walking past that toy store because daddy ain't going to write the check. He ain't plopping down the plastic. It ain't happening. That was my thought. It's reported in the observer that Bodog, which is an offshore gaming site, or at least used to be was heavily looking at Kurt angle to do MMA for them. So as a reminder, this is the era where, you know, the ultimate fighter has been on TV for a couple of years. It's a bonanza. All of a sudden MMA is hot, hot, hot. And so yeah. everybody and their brother is trying to do something affliction, which was a sort of a douchey t-shirt company that guys like Jeff Jarrett used to buy a lot of money with, um, Macho Caballero. <laughs> no, go ahead. how many affliction shirts have you had in your life? If you had to guess. I, not as many as you would think, but I, I had, I, I had a run of them. What about bedazzled jeans? Do you used to have a bunch of shit on your jeans? Like a girl too. Conrad, I can safely say never had the bedazzler jeans. Good for you. I'm so proud of you. Either yeah. way though, uh, th- these companies saw a huge opportunity in MMA. Everybody's throwing their hat in the ring and Kurt angle would have been a really big fish to land. So when Bodog expresses some interest, uh, I'm sure it is at least something that crosses your mind. Hey, what if Kurt really does try to do MMA? Um, would you have been cool with that idea? I mean, here's the thing. You've got a big investment in him and I realize it's not 1985 and it's not bill Watts where if you lose a bar fight, you're fired, but Kurt angle was a top guy. And if he's going to go fight MMA somewhere and maybe lose to a guy, nobody has heard of that might not be good for TNA business, right? I never viewed it that way. (laughs) Um, I, I, the way I looked at that, and again, just such a different era, you've already highlighted it, but MMA was not mainstream, but man getting there or almost there or just getting there. You could tell it was about to blow up and yeah, it had already exploded, but the, 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 the shrapnel was still in the air in so many ways, but I always looked at it this way, that regardless of Kurt one lost or draw. 
I don't think Kurt would have made the decision to step in there and, and I, I think he was smart enough. I'm going to take care of myself and the old adage, you know, ain't a horse that can't be rode and a cowboy that can't be thrown. Everybody can have a good night. Everybody can have a bad night. So what's the real downside? And as long as TNA wrestling is his priority and knowing that, are you willing to take the risk? Is he permanently going to get injured? Probably not. Kurt is going to take care of himself. I was always very pro for it, but I just didn't really see how even Dana, all, all the other guys, what are they, what is their long-term plans? Knowing that Kurt has a, at this time, a five-year deal with us or a seven. I mean, it was a long-term deal. What's the upside for getting Kurt for one fight or two fight? I, I don't know. I, I always try to put my eyes in the promoter of the MMA. If they want to do a one and done, sign me up. I just don't know if they were up for it. Well, something you need to be up for is life insurance. And Jeff, you and I haven't spent a lot of time talking about this on the show, but it's something that I know you and I both have in place for our family. And if you're listening to this and you're not sure if you need it, well, let me just run this past you. You have medical insurance and auto insurance, but you might not need it. Here's a little secret, little pro tip. If you will, you're going to need life insurance because unfortunately we're all going to die. I know that sounds silly, but let's ask a real question here. What happens to your family? If they lose your income tomorrow, if you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, like right now. Uh, in the past couple of years, I've lost two friends in their forties. They left behind wives and kids, and I'm glad they both had life insurance in place. And now it's the reason I'm bringing you goliathlife.com as an opportunity here on my world, because I want to make that process easy. And I think goliathlife.com does that. They streamline the insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. You'll pick your terms and your payments to fit your budget. You pick your price and then the online application, you can start immediately. Hell, if you need a medical thing and you might not, they'll schedule the exam at your place. I know because I've done it. They came to my office. I skipped all the phone calls. I skipped the paperwork. I skipped the crazy invasive conversations. Goliathlife.com makes insurance simple. No hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, not even a phone call. Goliathlife.com is life insurance in your hands on your time. So get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application with a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Okay. So Jeff, let's get back into it. Uh, I'm interested in talking about Sean Waltman. He's at the TV tapings with wrestling society X. Uh, they've just closed up shop. So now he's going to be back with you guys here. Did you ever see any wrestling society X? Just a little bit. That's the MTV two stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think JB had it T-vote, man. I'm really showing my, uh, back in the day, but yeah, just bits and pieces on the first episode or two. What'd you think? Back to full business plan, full business model. How is that going to create revenue? Uh, different. I lo always love different approaches always. Um, and create niche if you can, but what was that vision for a business plan? I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around. I, you can, but you can't. And, and were they going to execute it? And probably most importantly, it was a Viacom property. We're on Viacom. It's reported in the observer that, uh, Raven, Cinchy and Petey Williams were all pissed off due to the fact they were told not to come to the tapings because they wouldn't be used. 
of course it makes sense to not bring in people you're not going to use. Uh, and then, uh, the torch would report this. The naturals were released from TNA earlier this week. Andy posted on his MySpace, free at last, free at last. He said the split was amicable as TNA didn't have anything for them on TV. The naturals were at the lockdown pay-per-view in St. Louis and signed autographs during the fan fest, but they weren't on the pay-per-view. The naturals are really, uh, OGs of TNA. It feels like they were staples back in the asylum days. Is it, is it at this point, the company has just outgrown them. Um, why didn't they have a longer run here? Do you think again, we had an overabundance of talent by the time we got to Florida, they're Nashville based. Um, and I know there were some ups and downs at one time. They didn't want to cut their hair. Um, our tag team division was full, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Andy, uh, works out the same gym. I do. He's a chiropractor. Now he has, um, he's kicking, kick. I mean, he's kicking life's butt, man. He's doing absolutely fantastic. There was a day when he wasn't just like myself. Uh, so lots of challenges, but, um, they, and chase, but a great tag team, but we just didn't have room for him. And, and, to your earlier comment, Raven, Cinchy, and Petey Williams being pissed off every taping Conrad, somebody was pissed off because we didn't have space, literally every taping. And I got it. They needed paydays. It's also reported in the torch that TNA sent a message to TNA mobile subscribers that Randy Savage reached out to Jay lethal to compliment him on the black machismo character. Do you remember this happening? Did you ever talk to Randy about coming back and teaming or going against Jay lethal? Cause that could have been fun. It'd been fun. I never talked to him about black machismo and and a storyline or anything like that. TNA mobile, again, creating chatter, uh, our version of stirring up things. Uh, but I'll let you get to the rest of the story because this whole thing turned out pretty comical, but it was right up black machismo's alley. Ring of honor announces it's entering the pay-per-view world with tape shows to air six to eight weeks after taping. Uh, what'd you think of this? And did you think it was going to directly affect TNA's pay-per-view purchases? Didn't think it was going to affect our business. Cause it was a tape show and you know, they showed us the data from the beginning on our Wednesday nights, uh, of tape shows to just don't generate the revenue that live do. I think that still exists to this day. Uh, but I knew them getting in the pay-per-view sphere of things that, okay, that's for them they're in the tape trading business or the DVD business. That's one thing now into the pay-per-view business. Again, spike is paying us a licensing fee for IP. They want to show and, and, and the way they view it is that's their IP. And you have guys showing up, not on a DVD for a single promotion, but you have them showing up on competing. And again, to put things in context, we're coming off the attitude era and the Monday night wars and either you wrestler for one brand or another, there was no, you know, open door policy and uh, whatever they call it these days, the forbidden door, but there was no promotional change, which I've always been for. But in those days from, from a contractual point of view, whether it's broadcast cable pay-per-view people, let's say executives really looked at that's our IP. I knew it was going to cause some bumps in the road, so to speak. It's reported in the observer that you were unaware of this deal and it's going to cause the end of the relationship between the two companies, including canceling Samoa Joe from the shows. It's also reported that 
Uh, your talent work with PWG and the UWA in Canada is also going to change when, and quote, in recent weeks, TNA had sent contracts to independent promotions that they booked their talent to. The contracts allowed the promotions to produce DVDs with TNA talent and sell them at their shows or on their websites or in other ways marketed by the promotion. However, the wrestlers would not be allowed on air on television, nor to appear on DVDs sold through any third part of the third party. Easy for me to say most notably hotspots.com, which is the pro wrestling gorilla distributor. Now that's interesting to me. I mean, I get, Hey, we don't want them to be, you know, we talked about hot topic earlier, so we don't want them to be in a, in a regular retail store in a mall. And Hey, wait, I thought that guy worked for TNA. Why is he on this DVD cover? But hotspots, you guys considered hotspots a retailer like that? They were in our eyes, right or wrong. Uh, and Dallas certainly kind of looked at, they're an aggregator because they had 50 different, maybe that's too many, but 20, 30 independent promoters. So it was a national and certainly Mr. Pitkikio, uh, you know, he was a revenue generator from multiple promotions. So somewhat of a national or global online retailer. We were again, rocking a hard place because each individual, even the NWA promoters, but who were few and far between, but the independent promotions, PWG, whoever it may be, look, they've got to make their money. They're bringing a talent in. The reason they bring the talent in is to not only draw, draw money in the live gate and sell, uh, create revenue that night, but they also wanted to sell DVDs to their audience, which may be people from all over the world. So it was, it was local localized brand versus national outlet that we tried the juggling act and never really could find a sweet spot again, going back to massive growing pains. Any pushback from the talent feels like it would have been a real hassle without question, because me being a talent and, you know, several, I mean, Dutch, a talent, we understood their pain. We also knew that they didn't understand how spike or in demand direct TV or dish or Dallas, probably at the very top of that list, how they viewed it. Dallas was an energy company. They didn't understand the, the entertainment, so to speak, getting in the weeds, getting granular with that. So it was a real challenge. Um, and no, they, 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 once we would sit talent down and we did as much as we could to kind of have that conversation. At the end of the day, they got to pay that car note. They got to pay that house rent or apartment rent. They got to put groceries on the table. They want a little running money. It's all about, do you going to have more month <laughs> at the end of your money or more money at the end of your month? So let's talk about, uh, the whole Tracy Brooks thing. It comes out in the observer a few weeks later that spike had expressed some concern about men on women violence, specifically you hitting Tracy Brooks with a guitar shot. Do you remember spike being upset about that? They weren't. I mean, because that's a big deal to do. And although me and China did the stuff in 1999, you, you, you kind of have to cross that bridge, but we would lay out spike Scott Fishman. He was in every production meeting. If he wasn't there, some blue moon, somebody else would sit in on the meeting. So it's not like they got to the, the edit bay of the week and reviewing the tape and said, Oh, how did this get in there? They were actually in the meeting that morning and knew what we were doing. Like there was no, n nothing hidden. 
The go home impact features the Basham brothers debuting attacking VKM with Christy Hemi, leading them into the company. Uh, Bob Backlund's story is transferred from working with Austin Aries. Who's now suspended to Chris Saban. Uh, and there's a weird three-way promo with Jeremy Borash interviewing Christian and then sting and then Kurt angle, but all in different locations. And Christopher Daniels is there with sting, but backstage at sacrifice, apparently morale's down. Uh, we're going to talk about the pay-per-view, but before we do, Meltzer had this report. There was a ton of complaints from the undercard wrestlers regarding the ban on them going to ROH, PWG, and UWA. The morale really took a turn for the worse months back when they stopped paying for hotel rooms and grounds transportation, and the guys on the bottom are the one hit the hardest. And then they get their regular dates taken away with no way to make up the money. There's also frustration about no matter how good you perform, there's very limited upward mobility. And the guys losing the indie dates are the ones who are stuck in the same position, no matter how hard they work or how much the crowd reacts to them. Another complaint is that nobody understands the Bob Backlund deal and why they have to put him as the focal point of matches and angles. And they have to put him over and run from him, even though he's 58 years old and it's probably only good for one or two matches. So when you got guys sitting at home and you're saying, Hey, we can't use you like Sinshi or Petey Williams or the naturals ultimately getting their release, but then we're bringing in. Bob Backlund and the Basham brothers and blah, blah, blah. The reality is Jeff, it's an unwinnable position. Cause you can't make everybody happy because you're trying to run a business. And I think sometimes, uh, fans forget that. And maybe even the talent forget that, right? The talent certainly do. And I am not pointing fingers. That's the reality because the home pressure or what I just said, man, I'm sounding like a broken record, but they got to pay their bills. Yeah, and we're providing them one or two maximum days a, a week and some not that and a one hour show with X amount of spots. And hey, guys, we are trying to get to the, you know, the two hour, which is going to open up. And we knew that that's probably going to open up live events and we're growing and all the growing pains through that. And look, we had a, a new Japan relationship, which was on the surface. You'd think, oh, that's a great deal. Do you know every talent I can't say every talent, but knowing that we had a new Japan working relationship, everybody says, when am I going to go to Japan? When am I going to Japan? Well, I, I, no disrespect, but you got to be marketable enough for want them to put you on a tour. So, I mean, it was just so it was difficult, but that was the reality that look guys, X amount of spots. And it's not that you did anything wrong. We're trying the Bastion brothers. We're going to go with Bob Backlund. Uh, he's, you know, got a 30 year legacy in this business. You may not like it. That's okay. But we're trying to integrate him into different storylines. Um, you know, the, the, the more you complain about your lack of, you know, work in a lot of times conversations. And I had that, you know, I'd love to think of an example, but ta- with talent would have an extended conversation and they would look at me and say, I'm kind of digging a, a deeper hole for myself. And I said, well, when you start bitching about creative, then you're, you know, that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're saying you don't like Dutch's storyline or you don't like, like Russo's storyline, or you don't like my decisions or like this or like that. I get it, but Hey man, we're doing the very best we can. So, um, all the ups and downs of running a wrestling company, Conrad, the torch would say TNA did not acknowledge the removal of the NWA titles at the sacrifice pay-per-view this Sunday, but waited until Monday at the impact tapings to introduce the new heavyweight tag and X division title belts. 
the NWA then posted a breaking news alert on their website and on YouTube, formally announcing the split from TNA. Uh, Trobich announced that Christian cage and team 3d were stripped of all their respective title belts. The split between the TNA and NWA organizations was two years in the making with the NWA members becoming concerned. It was a one-sided deal in TNA's favor. TNA was concerned that the NWA was utilizing their brand and trademarks without any compensation to TNA as they're a growing national TV presence on spike TV. So we've probably discussed that a bunch, but now it's official. Uh, but you guys clearly knew this was coming and this was the plan. Cause you had to get these new title belts made. I think you went to, uh, Reggie parks and Dave Milliken and all those guys for this, right? This go around. We did correct. I think I believe so. Yeah. You're the damn belt. Come on, Conrad. You're the expert. Dave Milliken made these titles for you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, uh Meltzer would say there's a lot to say about TNA sacrifice pay-per-view show on May 13th. Or there isn't a lot other than the preliminary indicators are very few people ordered the show. And it was a hell of a show to miss. The show got 79% thumbs up from the readers of the wrestling observer. You can watch the full show right now on impacts YouTube channel. And we recommend you do if you haven't, uh, and we'll make sure that we have our social media team post a link, but let's get into it. Match. Number one, Chris Saban is going to retain the X division title in a three-way over Sanjay Dutt and Jay lethal in 13 minutes. Uh, Meltzer would say the black machismo deal already seems past its peak. Funny story. Lethal talks with someone who supposedly knows Randy Savage and thinks he spokes with Savage who gave him his blessing to do the gimmick. However, because so many people can imitate Savage, he's actually not sure if he was pranked. The evidence that he wasn't is that Savage went out of his way to give him advice on saving money, which is a Poffo family trademark. Lethal did the savage jump off the turnbuckle to the floor with a double sledge on Saban. Dutt did an acai moonsault on both. They did one fast paced spot after another with pretty close to perfect execution and the crowd going wild the entire match. By the end, the crowd was chanting. This is awesome. The finish saw Dutt and lethal arguing, which allowed Saban to uh, pin Dutt after a schoolboy. The post-match would see Dutt and lethal going at it until Kevin Nash slowly made his way to the ring and broke it up. Unfortunately, Nash being there once again, exposed the lack of size because when they were in there with each other, that wasn't an issue. Now it looked like the teacher breaking up a first grader playground fight. And like that, the nasty kid Dutt kicked the teacher in the hamstring and left. Anyway, given what they were supposed to be doing and how the crowd reacted, I don't know how they could have done much better. Four stars that right there. My friend is how you start a pay-per-view. Is it not bingo? Um, uh, Conrad, you're so knowledgeable on everything. When did this is awesome chance start? That's gotta be one of the first ones. It's 15 years ago. Uh, wouldn't you say all kidding aside around this Oh five, Oh six, Oh seven ish. I don't remember yeah, between Oh five uh, and Oh six, I think. Okay. And yeah. I remember it specifically at TNA first. And do you know that used to aggravate the hell out of me? I'm sure. I mean, it, it really annoys Eric Bischoff. Oh, does it? Oh, he hates it so much. Oh, get, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Conrad, will you just give me a little bit of Eric's thought on that? I, I haven't heard this. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's just suspension of disbelief. You know, I mean, I don't know. It feels like a little bit too, I, I don't know his 
we need to have you and him beat it up on ad free shows. He just hates it though. He hates it a lot. Well, here's why. Cause somebody asked me backstage. They're like, cause I was a heel in the ring and I'm like, don't ever chant that. I, I think it, it segues from they're chanting that this is awesome performance as opposed to go Conrad, go, go, you know, the, the, the battle of let's go jets. Jay, you know, you're cheering for a team. Then you're cheering for both guys. Cause it's a performance. Anyway, it's funny. I didn't know Eric didn't like it, but anyhow, Conrad, there's a couple of matches on Sacrifice 07 that are just freaking awesome. This is one of them. Uh, the, and, you know, uh, I don't think at this point Machismo uh, is long in the tooth. Uh, those three guys, just really, really good match. Um, Sanjay's at, at a letter. His God, man. It, I, we could talk about this. I know you're, you want to continue rolling on the show, but uh, I, I think the uh, funny part of the whole Machismo and Savage calling him Conrad. It's been known. There's some rumor and in innuendo that at one time, uh, Ritesh Bala, AKA PKA Sanjay Dutt. I love you and, said PKA. Uh, I mean, I know what it means, but I've never heard somebody say that. That's pretty fun. I'm going to start yeah, using that. And, 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 and Jamar PKA Jay lethal have been known through the rumor mill to do prank calls. And when we heard Jay Lethal might have got done one on him, that the whole Savage thing, Randy calling him was total BS. I, we just, I laughed my ass off. I thought it was funny, but move on to the next match, pal. Bobby Roode or Robert Roode is going to pin Jeff here in 11-21. Meltzer said it was a really good match, but an 80s style Southern brawl with a little bit of modern flair. He says the match was put on early so you could get back home to uh, Nashville to take care of the wife. Uh, Roode attacks you during your pyro intro. Eventually you get the figure four, but Tracy Brooks distracts the referee. Uh, Jarrett lets go of the hold since rude tapped, but there's no referee. And the one thing that's different from the 80 styles is they did a fast paced match with no long-term selling rude undid the padding on a top turnbuckle. Jarrett hits the stroke, but Brooks then pulls Thomas out of the ring before he can count three. And Thomas threw Brooks out of there while he was out of the ring. Rude hit Jarrett with handcuffs. When Thomas gets back in the ring, Jarrett kicks out. So rude pulls out the guitar and Jarrett ducks the shot, puts him in a figure four rude kicks Jarrett off into the exposed metal and pins him after a fisherman suplex post-match saw rude go again for a guitar shot, but Jarrett leg dived him and got the figure four Brooks comes back, grabs the guitar. She waits forever teasing, hitting Jarrett and was clearly meant somebody was late on their cue. Young came in and got the guitar, put Brooks in the figure four. This was entertaining from start to finish, even with the overdone ref spots, three and a quarter stars. We've got a little bit. We want to play here from the ending. Let's track it. Shoulder up. Check the frustration on the face of 
one Robert Roode. Not only is his CEO, Ms. Brooks, back in the locker room, the handcuffs didn't work, and now well, he's going to try and use the guitar? Uh, every chance he can to beat Jeff Jarrett at his own game, he's trying to do it. Referee Andrew Thomas, oh, gets in there just in time to pull the guitar out of the way. Took it right out of the hands of Robert Roode. He wants these guys to finish this match on their own. And he pushes it back, and here comes the stroke, but no, he counters. Quick drop down, double A takedown by Jarrett. Is he going to go for the figure four again? He's it's trying blocked. to Look at Roode block it and oh. shove him off into oh. the corner. Oh, he into the exposed steel. He caught the exposed steel. Here comes the perfect flex, and oh, no, no. He calls it the payoff, and he gets the one, two, three. It was too much. He was heroic all night, but he couldn't take that. The biggest singles match of Robert Roode's career turns into the biggest victory right in front of our eyes, Don West. Oh, this is exactly what he wanted. I just shot the world. Two weeks ago, I left your little friend with a guitar wrapped around his neck. Tonight, it's your turn. Oh, you heard him. He oh. said it's your turn, and you know what he's going to do. Of course. He's got that guitar at hand, and Jared, he doesn't have anything left to stop this, Mike. He talked about the guitar shot for Eric Young that you saw recently on Impact. It pays to be rude. And now he wants to wrap that guitar around the head of Jeff Jared. Oh, here's he, up. He cuts it off. He played possum like he couldn't stop it. And now he's got the figure four leg, the figure four in tight, and he's pulling on the foot. And you can see Robert Roode just flopping around, and here comes Miss Brooks. Yeah, speaking of flopping around, here comes Miss Brooks right down the ramp. Oh. Look out. Oh, no, Jared has no idea. And she's got the guitar, and she's getting ready, and here comes Eric Young. And he stops her just in time. Eric Young's here. How about that, man? That crowd loved it. Did they not? Did you hear, maybe that was you humming. Were you humming simply irresistible when I was making the comeback, Conrad? I, I don't know if that was a dub. <laughs> oh, so, so Hander- J baby face. <laughs> Hendersonville Wi-Fi. It's, uh, well, it's acting up again. Oh, no. Uh, this was good stuff, man. Uh, and, and the hits kept coming. I mean, that's, you know, let's recap match one, four stars match two, uh, three and a quarter stars match three, Christopher Daniels and Rhino, uh, Daniels is going to come out with a sting mask and a sting bat. And the fans were doing dual league chants from the start. The one negative thing I have to say about Daniels is that when you compare him and AJ styles, who are both natural baby faces that the crowd likes styles is working so much better as a heel. The one reaction I had was like, this is a nicely done match, but that Daniels isn't doing much to be a heel. Rhino used a gore, but Daniels got his foot on the ropes to break up the pin. And the ending saw Daniels on the floor with the ref distracted clock Rhino as he stuck his head between the ropes with a baseball bat shot to the head. Baseball bats in wrestling are stupid enough because one shot and that should be it. 
Well, as it was here, but you can't take a bat to the head and have no blood or no selling of a concussion. Rhino got right back up after losing and challenged Daniels and went back to get him. They came back out and Daniels was all bloody and Rhino had a chair. Rhino used another chair to the head and they wound up in the ring. Rhino set up two chairs and got Daniels in the position where he's going to pile drive him off the middle ropes onto the chairs in the ring. Security broke it up and Daniels escaped. The wrestling was good, but that getting up after the bat, bat shot made me hate the match. Two stars. Wade gave it two stars as well. What do you think about bat shots? They're accurate in that. I don't want to gloss over. Uncle Dave gave me a good star rating. Is that right? Yeah, he did. Let's not gloss over that. You're just trying to, just like you do with the Quattro Caballeros. You're just trying to breeze right through that, Connie. But no, uh, I, I agree. The, the the bat is um, because people can relate to it. It, it. A lot of times people can't relate to a swinging metal chair because you're just like, no way that's real or what, whatever. But a bat, hey, kids play with it all the day in the ball. Wait, you're going to hit this guy more than once and he's still got a skull, you know, so it, it's very hard to suspend disbelief. Once you go past one bout, uh, bat shot next up, um, we got Demasia and Basham beating up Kip James in a, in a handicap match in four minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, it only got one star. Um, she uses the brain damage on James and then Basham pinned him after a diving headbutt. And we can't have a match without a post-match. They continue to beat on him after James makes a comeback and he gets beaten down again. And finally Hoyt, who wasn't there six minutes earlier, suddenly was between that and Eric young. You'd think they wouldn't do the same gimmick twice in three matches. Fair criticism, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, th- something that's not in the notes. And I should have reached out to D- road dog. Maybe you'll have this on. Oh, you didn't know one day way down the episode, uh, Harkav. Uh, but yeah, it was, none of that resonated. And I know we were just getting the Bashams going. I do re- re- recall that the, the whole program was just getting started. So, uh, early in the days, more of a TV angle, as opposed to a pay-per-view, uh, blow off next up boy, a Texas death match between two TNA originals and uh, Meltzer loved it. He gave it four and a quarter stars. Chris Harris is going to beat James storm in 17 minutes and 14 seconds. Meltzer would say these two had the pressure on them after through no fault of their own, having the worst match of the year candidate last month due to the blindfold stipulation in their match being rejected by the fans. The result was an incredible match. They opened by brawling in the stands. Harris did a plancha over the guardrail and pinned storm on the floor to take the first fall in four Oh seven storm was able to answer the bell for the second fall. And he came back with a chair shot to the head and Harris juiced. Harris catapulted storm who was underneath and, uh, went into the table, uh, storm then hit the metal structure of the table and he bled just as badly as anyone has been bleeding in a long time. Storm was bleeding buckets. Literally the ring was soaked with storms blood storm used the eye of the storm, the old whirly bird move on Harris and put him through a table at nine 34 to take the second fall. But Harris was back up. Harris from the ring speared storm on the apron and both crashed through a table on the floor. Storm's head is leaving a blood, a puddle of blood on the floor. Everywhere he went, Jackie Moore attacked Harris. So there was no pinfall attempt on the floor. Storm super kicks a chair in Harris's face for a near fall. They trade shots with a garbage can lid. And then Harris, Harris gave storm a catatonic on a garbage can for a near fall. Moore attacks Harris and Gail Kim comes out and they brawl to the back. 
both Harris and storm grabbed a beer bottle and went for a shot to the head at the same time. But Harris was a step faster and put storm down for the pin in 1648. Theoretically, he could have had 10 seconds to get up, but it was actually 26 seconds and he couldn't answer the bell for the fourth fall. So Harris won. This was the kind of match so heated and bloody that I felt sorry for everyone else on the show because you just couldn't follow this four and a quarter stars. What a fucking match this is. I mean, considering how bad the last one was, this is just 180 degrees. And I think anybody looking from the outside would have to think on the other side of this, these guys are both going to be huge stars for whatever reason. It doesn't work out for Chris Harris, but man, if you're going to watch one match on this show, I would say this one, and then maybe that opener, my goodness, this is one hell of a pay-per-view so far, dude. You're not going to watch simply irresistible kidding. No, Conrad go out of your way. I just think this one of those deals coming off lockdown, the buys weren't good, but it was a may pay-per-view. They're always going to be down kids. It just, it's a different time of year. Once you come off the WrestleMania, high. but, um, the last match is good. Kurt is a machine. But these two guys coming off the nonsense of lockdown and the blindfold and all this, it's the kind of kind of short redemption story that we love. They knew more than anybody, much more than anybody in the building. They better produce. Uh, I know that I just remember there was concern with James because he was back to our earlier conversation, hit a gusher. It was brutal. Uh, but what a story they told. Really, really, really good well-executed Texas death match. Go out of your way to see it. Especially if you grew up, uh, loving the, the old America's most wanted and just the early days of TNA, what a payoff, what a story. Uh, next up, Jerry Lynn's going to win a four way over Alex Shelley, tiger mask and Sin Chi in 10 minutes and 43 seconds. And Meltzer would say somehow by doing a completely different style, they not only followed, but had a hell of a match. Uh, this is another barn burner of a match, man. Unfortunately, Bob Backlund runs in and does two single leg takedowns on Saban. Saban and Shelley run off three and a half stars. Um, coming off of what we've just seen, you know, Meltzer even wrote, man, it's going to be impossible to follow this. And I don't think we ever as wrestling fans really think about this, but match structure or card structure, just card placement, what goes where? These are really puzzle pieces that if you get it right, it can make the flow of the show. And if you get it wrong, boy, it just kills any momentum and kills the crowd. This was well done. You know, after such a bloody, brutal blood feud, if you will, that's brawling all over the crowd, we got to follow up with something that's a little different, but still exciting. Cause we don't want it to feel like we just released all the air out of the balloon, right? Change gears. Yes. You a Bruce Springsteen fan? A little bit. And there's there's other bands that release their set list. Yes. I always thought it, it's kind of fascinating. I'm a music guy. And when you sort of hear, all right, you're going to start hot with something they know and just kind of the roller coaster, if you will, of a musical performance, the wrestling show, match placement, timing is everything. And an X Division with a walking, talking, living legend. When you think about the X division and what it was originally created, had some Lucha Libre, had some Japanese, had flying little pageantry. Look what Tiger Mask is to all of those. So to have him in this match, 
Uh, and since she can go, all the guys could go. It was, I can't say it's the perfect, but it was a really good, hard 180 degree turn from a Texas death match bloodbath of a one-on-one, a four way with all four guys that can go with a true legend in there. So yeah, good match placement. Fantastic. Uh, this is really a, a strong show so far. And we follow it up with team 3d retaining the tag titles in a three-way over homicide and Hernandez and Tomco and Scott Steiner. Uh, everyone's working on, uh, D uh, Devon for a while while Hernandez is doing a splash off the top. And there is yet another, this is awesome spot. Uh, Ray counts to three and most of the crowd chance to Devon get the table, but there is a chant from fans who hate 3d same old shit. My goodness. At that point, D- uh, Devon went to get the uh, table from under the ring. Hernandez nails Devon with a tope and it came across great. Steiner and Tomko tried the doomsday device on homicide, but he ducked Tomko's clothesline and cradled Steiner into a near fall. The finish would see Tomko and Steiner double teaming Ray, but Tomko kicked Steiner when Ray moved. And then Tomko was pinned after the 3d. The post-match would see Steiner and Tomko argue, then start fighting until Rick Steiner hit the ring and the pop for Rick Steiner had to be disappointing three stars. So I love the idea that we've got a legacy team like team 3d. We got Scott Steiner with a new tag team partner and Tomko. And now Rick comes back, man, that just feels like a big surprise and a cool moment. But for Meltzer to say the pop had to be disappointing, I just want to know from your perspective, was the pop for Rick's return disappointing? No, but a lot to follow and timing. And again, it's so, you know, booking the three-way, nothing can be perfect, but 3D's got their fans and they were, we'll call it in the traditional babyface spot, if you will, the champions. So the people love to see title switches, but then LAX no matter what arena we went in, you always, whether they, you always have some people that just like them, whether they're heels or baby faces, they just innately like them. And then big Papa pump. What's not like to, uh, <laughs> you know, what's not to like about, it? but anyway, so we split the audience just kind of by design. Uh, but Rob Rick coming down and, you know, I was not disappointed. It, it, it definitely served its purpose. And again, it just kind of the strength of our roster, but still only a one hour show. I just scratch my head when I hear all these names and we're going to do it's crazy. It's crazy. So Borash is going to interview angle backstage around flashing lights, uh, where sting supposedly hangs out and here's the quote. So this is where all the hocus pocus BS comes from. He said, (laughs) He then said sting buys his face paint at Walmart. So he can look like Ronald McDonald angle said he doesn't need mood lighting and face paint. Uh, and I definitely, I definitely, <laughs> definitely don't need to holler like some biatch. Uh, the big difference between me and you is I'm a wrestler and you're a cartoon character. This gym teacher is about to school you. It's real. It's damn real. This is a really good version of a serious angle promo with just enough of his wit to be entertaining. And just really intense. And the gym teacher reference is from an earlier promo in the build where sting told angle, if it wasn't for guys like him, you'd just be an Olympic gold medal gym teacher. So that's pretty harsh, but man, Kurt is coming back. You know, when Kurt's promos are good, they're great. And he was really, really in a groove here. Was he not? Yeah. The intensity that he, 
when he's bringing his A game and he can slide in there that he actually didn't really want to say the word bitch. So he's sort of getting his creative way, but his delivery of biatch or however you say it. It just makes me no, laugh. It, it's it, and Sting and Kurt, their intensity later, years later in the main event mafia, when we had the empty arena match and it was just those two guys. Man, I, one day we're going to have fun covering that episode. A uh, lot of fun, a lot of, lot of detail into that. Uh, I know we've covered it briefly on some, but anyhow, um, yeah, it, it was, we was built to, I thought a, a really good main event with a lot of good story in it. Samoa Joe and AJ styles are next. Uh, Meltzer would say not the best match they have, but they didn't have time. Plus it was late in the show full of good matches. Joe did a elbow suicida early and he went for the Olay Olay kick and got hit with a clothesline. They did a lot of variations of the usual spots, trying to tell the story that since they've wrestled each other so many times, they see the spots coming styles, uh, did his Cubrata into a reverse DDT. Joe did a death Valley driver for a near fall. And Joe was selling like he had a bad knee for a minute, including stumbling as he went to run styles took advantage, but the gimmick was Joe was using styles, fake knee injury gimmick and is fine. And then he put styles in the choke and then he took him over a la Minoru Suzuki for a choke suplex for the pin three and a half stars. They got 12 minutes and 43 seconds, but I agree with Dave. It could have been better if it was a little longer, but man, what a show so far, just to recap guys, the first match was a four star affair. The second one was huge on story. You heard the giant pop for uh, Eric young, three and a quarter stars, Christopher Daniels and Rhino got two stars. Uh, the, uh, the Basham Kip James thing was just there. It got a star. Chris Harris and James storm helped steal the show four and a quarter stars. Uh, the four way with Jerry went Jerry Lynn winning is three and a half stars. The tag title affair where Rick Steiner came back three stars. And now unbelievably AJ and Samoa Joe three and a half stars. And now it's time for our main event. Kurt Angle appears to win the three way and what was billed as the final NWA world heavyweight match in TNA over both Christian and sting and 1045 cage is going to play the role again, where he tries to be the instigator of sting and angle going after each other. And at times they both threw Christian out of the ring and started beating on one another. It was shorter than you'd probably want a world title match to be, but the match itself was good and could have been one of the better matches on the show. If they had a better finish and more time angle laid out sting with an Olympic slam on the floor and then gave Christian eight straight German suplexes. Sting threw Angle out of the ring to try for a pin, but Christian kicked out. Sting went to give Christian a superplex, but Angle came underneath Sting and gave him a German suplex with Sting on the middle rope and Christian going flying. Rudy Charles went down, and who would have seen that one coming? Angle then got ankle locks on both Sting and Christian at the same time, but there's no referee. After Angle tries to check on the ref, Sting gives Christian a urinagi. Christian gives Sting a low blow and an unprettier and then Sting caught Christian with a schoolboy, and while doing so, Angle put Sting in the ankle lock. Sting pinned Christian at the same time that Sting tapped to Angle. They announced and went off the air with Angle as the champion, but it was held up the next day on TV. Three and a quarter stars. Wade only gave it two and a half stars. It's really a pretty ingenious finish, but after you've had such a strong pay-per-view, uh, just the undercard over-delivering, in hindsight, do you, do you still, if you had to do it over again, would you go in favor of story or would you have had some sort of clean finish? So, uh, as 
I reread the notes and then as you laying it all out, we we've kind of glossed over this in June of every year, which we're about to come on, which is crazy. Next month will be the 20th anniversary, but Slammiversary happens in June. We wanted from a creative aspect, from a branding aspect, we really wanted Kurt to be knighted or crowned the champion that night. But okay, so we've got lockdown April. We got kind of this, ironically enough, backlash, WrestleMania backlash, which is a little fall off of lockdown, but not quite the Slammiversary for us. So we wanted to... I, there was even discussion doing a non-finish and we're like, no, we can, we, we've got to give them a finish. Let's go with Kurt, but let's have some controversy on it so we can episodically tell the story from May to June. Uh, so I feel like we did the right decision. Uh, there's always going to be second guessing in anything that's subjective, but um, yeah, I, I, I thought, uh, and again, those guys followed a lot. This, the, the Joe AJ also want to point on at this time, we were doing something with Chris Daniels to get him and staying a line, which wasn't easy. Chris is such a polished guy. I remember Dutch you saying there's nothing not to like about this guy's work. Everything he does isn't good. It's great. So top to bottom, hell of a show. Um, and, and we were going with Kurt as our lead horse and, and queuing things up and teeing things up and, that's how we finished with Kurt, the champion, this show. I, um, I really like this show. I think this show was well-remembered and considered one of the best pay-per-view shows the company ever had. Would you agree with that? Yeah. From an execution point of view. Now, again, at this point we're Oh seven. So we've been in the impact zone a bit. Um, we were really busting at the seams on the one hour. So there's good and bad with everything, but, uh, from a creative point of view, Still hard to get seven stories out of one hour, but we did the best we could. So, yes, I, I do think it's one of our uh, better executed, better delivered shows. I uh, I want people to go out of their way to watch this. We're going to post the YouTube link. Impact's got the whole show up for free on YouTube. So we want you guys to see this because it really is a great show. But that's what I want to talk about here for a minute, Jeff. You know, there there's a great Jay-Z lyric. And I know you're not really a big Jay-Z listener, but way back when he had a lyric that said, would you rather be underpaid or overrated? And you can break that up however you would want to, but creatively, uh, maybe the build for this pay-per-view was not the best. I don't know why it wasn't a huge commercial success. Here's what I'm getting to. Even though we all agree creatively, man, this thing was awesome. Critically, we love it, right? But the show gets 25,000 buys on pay-per-view and lockdown the prior month, which we agreed was not nearly as good of a show had 10,000 more buys. So on the one hand, it's easy to say, well, maybe it was the gimmicks. Maybe it was the story, uh, but consumer confidence is a real thing. And for you to have such a home run show with such a loaded roster and it be down from 35,000 to 25,000. And listen, on the surface, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like, well, it's only 10,000 buys. Well, guys, when you look at percentages going 35 to 25, that's like a third gone. Um, quarter million dollars. How do you wrap your head around that? Seasonal and, and just knowing seasonal that, um, the, the attraction of all steel cage. We know that that's a lot of glitz and glamor and I, I don't mean so, to cut you off, but I want to ask this. When you say seasonal, do you mean, um, 
May people getting out of school, people going on yes. vacation. January, February, March are, are, are good. I've said it forever. May and September, the transition from getting out of school in September, basically going back in chains of seasons, summertime and a lot of areas of vacation may cranks up September. A lot of times summertime's over it's seasonal. I say it, there's a, everybody has a lot of transition going on in their life, weddings, graduations, you name it. Time out. Let me ask this. You're also competing for WWE for pay-per-view dollars. Like there's a whole lot of fans, a multiple who watch WWE and a multiple who order their pay-per-view. But if you're a wrestling fan on a budget, then you may have to pick. Do I want to buy this pay-per-view or that pay-per-view? So it seems like to me with WrestleMania, usually being the end of March or early April, your April offering is going to be the one that would be down and may would be up. That's not the case here. And it makes me think, did you guys intentionally say, Hey man, cage matches usually do draw. Well, we, we know that fans really like that. If we're going to have to get them to compete for that same dollar, do I buy this WWE show? And it's not like anybody picked, I'm not saying this to be ugly, but nobody picked lockdown instead of WrestleMania, but you had to get them to buy a little more, dig a little deeper in that pocket and maybe they'll do it for the cage. Is that the reason lockdown was in April? And now this is in may lockdown. Our vision was putting everything in a cage, blood and guts, if you will, is the opposite of WrestleMania. Okay. It, it, it's, 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 we're going to different go than I got you different. Yes, exactly. Different than for sure. Well, I, I just love this show and I, I hope fans go out of their way to check it out. We got a bunch of questions, uh, and I know we're running short on time because you got to go hang out with the gold medalist, by the way, just to update everybody, uh, Cody's, uh, special Olympics thing was pushed back. It was rained out last Friday. So it's happening this Friday. Uh, so be sure to stay tuned on social. I'm sure we're going to be lighting it up, celebrating, uh, his big milestone and success this Friday, but that's happening this Friday. I know we're going to get a lot of follow-up. So I just want to mention it was rained I've out. Got, I've gotten an email, two emails, uh, uh, from listeners. Uh, Hey, I didn't hear, uh, about Cody's results. So you just gave the answer, but you know what that means? More training videos and Conrad, we have a dilemma. I want you to vote right now. Do we go, this is walkout music, ring music, entrance music right now. And this could change by the time he gets home from school. King Corbin music, Effie music, double J music. I'm missing one. Can I just, oh, the last outlaw, you know, that little, yeah. uh, in, anyway, can, can he, I throw another nomination in there? Yes, please bring it. Cause I'm going to take it right to him. Simply irresistible. Oh, would you stop? No, it? you used it at the beginning of your career. He's using that at the beginning of his career. <laughs> And, and let me just say this, uh, I don't know. Cause I, he's already laid his plans out. He's made it clear on social. Of course, we're talking about Cody here that once he finishes his Olympic business this summer, that's Effie's ass. Everybody knows that it's been well-established and I, Effie, I don't know what you can squat, but you're going to tote an ass whooping here in a couple of weeks. All right. So just buckle up. It's coming your way. Cody's looking for you. Uh, uh can you get, can you do me a favor when we're doing these training montages that he's going to post on social? Can you make sure that he plays the old Rocky song hearts on fire? It's from the Rocky soundtrack. I know it well, I think hearts on fire for him, lifting weights uh, up there at golds would be just phenomenal. Let's do it. We got uh, training today. Got uh, training today, pal. 
Glenda wants to know, uh, how was it like working with Robert Roode and Tracy Brooks and TNA? Uh, you, you've, you've talked about how high you held them in regard, but actually being in the ring with them, talk us through that. You know, Dave said it's like eighties wrestling, but it's not. Um, I, I wanted me and Bobby to have a really aggressive, pardon the pun, nonstop fight. Dude, Root can go in so many different ways. I also think us being placed, what we were second or third, not to get in, you know, the Dave readers call it rest holds. I didn't want to settle down into a hole. I wanted it to be a nonstop brawl. And basically, he needs to beat me with his finish. Yes, there was a turnbuckle involved and all that, but. Bobby, uh, as you can see his role now, he gets it done and looks phenomenal and brings his a game. He comes to work very professional day in, day out. Uh, chase Lamar says, all right, Jeff, why did it take so long to put the strap on Samoa Joe? Do you think in hindsight, 2020 vision, he should have been the champ much earlier, perhaps even the first TNA heavyweight champion. Creative is subjective. We could all come and slice it and dice it a thousand different ways. Why wouldn't Kurt pay champion right when he came in? Why wouldn't Samoa Joe? Samoa Joe had a year and a half undefeated streak. I'm going to say that's a lot more valuable for the Samoa Joe character than carrying the title. Um, Brad Stanton says, do you think rude should have been in the title picture sooner? That is, uh, a great question. He was in team Canada and coming out of that. It took us a bit to kind of find that groove. That's probably a yes, work him in there. But again, you look at the top heavy of the card, you've got Sting, you got Christian Cage, you have uh, Kurt Angle. Uh, I mean, we, you know, Abyss had been there a while. So it's, you got to work your way into that title picture. Did he deserve it? Yes. Was it the time? Right. Probably not. Um, Hazard F5 says, how far in advance did you know the NWA TNA deal was coming to an end and whose call was it? They played it up online. Like it was their call for the NWA, but you guys had the TNA belts ready to go for the impact tapings following sacrifice. Were you sad to see the NWA lineage go, or was it just time for your own top prizes? PS them belts were bitching and belts were bitching. I don't know. So says Conrad Thompson, the belt expert, but, uh, it, we knew getting on spike, that was probably the beginning of the end because we're promoting a brand that we don't own, had no real final authority. We had it licensed, uh, but we knew that that was kind of the beginning of the end and headed in that direct direction. It served it well. They went on about their way and, and it, on the exit strategy, I think it was almost agreed upon. You guys tell your story. We're going to tell our story. We're not really going to bass each other. We're just going to move on down the road. And that's what we did. Uh, uh, Mr. Lopez says compared to the normal production time frame of a singular belt, was there an emphasis on speeding up production because you needed so many belts at once, man, we got a lot of listeners really into belts. They're big. Well, imagine that Conrad, imagine that, um, we had enough lead time. I, I we knew this was coming. Um, I don't know how far out, but we knew that, look, we got to have them ready by X date. We, we knew we, we planned. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the NWO 2000, the formation of the 2000 version of the N of the new world order, the build to it, Vince Russo's plan, WCW in 99 to 2000, Jeff's concussion, the Harris brothers, Brett's injury, Russo being reassigned wrestling, Terry Funk, George Steele, Tito Santana, Jimmy Snuka, plus one of the worst concussions you ever had, I believe 
all the turmoil of WCW just months after your arrival next week is going to be something a little different. Is it not? You know what that brings to mind? I'm going to have to learn a new phrase in Spanish too sweet. You know, I've got the Quattro Caballeros that you're now in step with. So we're going to have to go, you know, too sweet in W 2000. Cause I'm sure next time I'm in Mexico, Conrad, they're going to be wanting to, you know, do the club and the, 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 NWO. No, that episode's going to be fun, man. There's a, you know what? I guarantee you next week, me and you will probably say the term, you know, what if, what if I, I pretty much every autograph session, I'll sign one of those pictures of me, Kevin, Brett. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a couple that fly around Scott Hall, Brett, just that, that NWO 2000, um, not that it would have ever been original. It would have been fun had we got to carry that out a little bit because it was it was a it was a fresh coat of different paints, so to speak. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, boys and girls. Be sure to check out My World Social uh, because we want you to watch this show. It was such a great pay per view. Uh, and in addition to that, I'm pretty fired up about the idea that we're going to have some behind the scenes production notes and minutes from the meetings and things like that all over at AdFreeShows.com. Of course, you get all of our shows early and ad free at adfreeshows.com. And since we're talking about these new belts, I should mention, uh, this month's title chase, uh, where you guys debuted the belt was 15 years ago this month. I actually happened to own that belt. Uh, and we've got a bunch of great eight HD shots of it. It's all done in 4k. Uh, you'll be able to take a look at what the belt looks like. Now we'll talk about the process of how it was made and the history of that belt. Uh, so if you two are a belt guy. You want to be sure to be joined up over at adfreeshows.com later this month, but man, this was a lot of fun. And I guess we can go ahead and, and give a tip of the cap. You guys probably want to start paying attention to your social this Friday, uh, because next Monday, uh, Jeff and Eric and myself and a few others, we're going to take the internet and we're going to put it in our front pocket and we're going to oh. carry it all week next week. Uh, right on. It's going to be a lot going on. A lot of people talking about a lot of things and, uh, some of the stuff we've been working on behind the scenes is going to bubble to the surface and you don't want to miss it. Especially if you like new wrestling promotions that definitely uh -huh. aren't happening. Wink, wink. Next Conrad, should I say this, that is may the last month to I'm talking about top guy weekend. Is this Uber incentivized to maybe join that club? Well, no, I mean, you had to be a member for a bit already. Uh, okay. so it's more of a reward for everybody who's, who's going to be a part of I, top guy weekend, but that's another issue. That's labor day okay, weekend in bad. Chicago, but yeah. hypothetically, hypothetically, uh, what we're doing, let's just say Jeff will get to sleep in his own bed. If you're picking up what I'm putting down and we'll see you guys <laughs> next week. And at the end of July sooner, rather than later, right here on my world. Peace, my friend. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.